Big Church Podcast. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing this morning? Hi out there. I know we're not live streaming first service, but I'm getting used to saying hi to my people out there in live stream. So good to see you all physically in the building and good to see you on live stream too. So wherever you're watching from, we're, we really enjoy you being here. But over the last seems like 18 months. It's only been like four months, seems like. But, you know, we've had a kind of a no-touch policy going on, right? Like, you know, you walk up and you figure you, they've told us to social distance. Uh, you know, we, we have to hand sanitize. I have washed my hands more in the last four months than I have in my lifetime. Uh, I am probably one of the least germaphobic peoples in the world. If you, if you drop something on the ground, even if you're eating it, I still probably will eat it. <laughs> Ew, that's gross, right? Hey, it's just me. That's what, what I am. But, you know, we're, we're distancing and we're sanitizing. And, and listen, I'm not trying to make light of all that stuff. It's just what we've done over the last three or four months. And we've washed our hands. And, and let me just be honest. I, I don't really like big crowds. I've lived around Louisville area for like 30 years, and I have never been to Thunder Over Louisville. I don't know. I'm sad that they uh, canceled it for y'all. But I probably won't go to Thunder Overload because the idea of being around a bunch of people, just a huge crowd of people, is just, eh, I really don't like it that much. I love people, but I don't like to be like bumped into. I don't, I mean, when I go somewhere, she'll tell you I like to sit on the end. I don't want nobody. I waited, we went to a conference last year. I waited until everybody got inside, all five or 6,000 of them. And I walked in late because I wanted to sit on the end. I didn't want to sit in, uh, with someone on top of me. But let me just tell you, a few weeks ago, my, my, my lovely wife is doing an awesome job. Pastor Minnie is doing it with our intern. Let's give it up for our interns. Come on. So I walked in here last two or three Tuesday nights ago, and it was like our first time of seeing like people. And I looked like a kid trying to find some candy. I was like, oh, good to see you. And I started tapping them. And I was like, hey, can I touch y'all? Are y'all good if I touch you? Are you fine? But it was just something about having people back in the building that just kind of build me up because I love people. I started hugging. I was like, wait a minute, sh should I hug you or should I not hug you? Or, you know, most of them were like, come here, just give me a hug. I'm good. So I was, it was great. But everywhere that Jesus went, if you read the, uh, the Gospels, and I've got my old Bible out, I've been reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everywhere he went, he drew a crowd. Everywhere that he went after they found out all the amazing things that he was doing, he drew a crowd wherever he went. The title of my message today is Touched. If y'all are from the hills, anybody ever heard it say, that boy's a little touched in the head? I got some people know what I'm talking about. I've been, they've told me that a little bit about myself. That boy's just touched. <laughs> He's touched. But the title of my message is Touched. And, you know, Everywhere he went, he drew a crowd. Let's start out in Mark 5, 25. It says this. We're going to be in the King James Version. We're about to get holier than thou in this place. A few verses anyway. It says, And a certain woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. When we talk about issue in the King James, it meant a flow of blood for 12 years. Let me ask you a question out there. Who's got issues? I want you to say this right now. Say, I got issues. I got issues. Louder. Okay, then I want you to look at the person sitting next to you and say, you got issues. Look at the other one and say, you got issues. Come on. Now, if that was your wife or your husband, you're probably going to have some issues when you leave this place. Because during this time of being kind of quarantined together, we've all had issues and we've all had things that we've had to deal with. And, and you know, sometimes 
we're touched by many issues that are going on around us right now. There's division in our government. There's division in our races. There's division in churches. And also there's selfishness out there. We just want to be us and we want to be me, right? So we got all got issues. But let me just tell you what happens. Your issue may be, it may be in your marriage. Many, maybe, maybe you all are struggling in your marriage. Listen, my wife has tried to kick me out of the house at least 10 times in the last four months. And probably eight of those 10 times, I should have been kicked out of the house because I was being annoying. But we all have issues going on in our lives right now. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you're about to kill your kids. Hey, listen, I'm just being, I'm just being honest up here. Maybe some of y'all are just by like, school had better start back now. I mean, come on, don't be talking no three or four months from now. Come on, any parents in the house, we got them kids back to school. Uh, I ain't going to talk about the video I saw. It was so hilarious. Anyway, here we go. But we've all got issues, and here's the good thing about God. God knows that you have issues. God knows, and he's not afraid of your issues. He wants you to bring your issues to him just as you are. A lot of times we try to fix our issues, or we try to hide our issues, or we try to do everything around our issues, and God just said, if you would just bring them to me the way that they are, I'm going to help you try to get back to where you need to be. She had issues. This woman did. Let's look at verse 26. It says, she suffered many things from many physicians, And when she had spent all that she had, she was no better. Rather, she grew worse. Let me just paint the picture here. This lady had bled for 12 years. Think about that. You ever get a cut on your arm? I'm a big baby. I get a cut on my arm and I bleed more than five minutes. You better take me to the emergency room or do something anyway. You know us guys, we're big babies anyway. But she bled and she was in pain for 12 years. And not only that, when back in those times, not only was she that, the affliction that she had made her unclean, and it, made, it separated her and made her be exiled from people. She couldn't just go out and touch anybody she wanted to touch. Even though she, they wouldn't catch what she had, she just couldn't touch no one. How would you like to be in that situation where you had to be exiled out? She went through many doctors and, and hope and man, she, she had hoped that one of these doctors would finally have the right words, would have the right uh, application to what she had. But she grew poor and they took all of her money. The Bible says she spent all. So many times we spent all trying to get what makes us feel better. So many times we spend everything that we have, we spend all of our money on things and we think things are going to, the new boat or the the, the new car or the new house is going to take care of all of those things. Nothing wrong with those things, but they're not going to take care of the issues that you're dealing with. So many times we think time, if we just had more time, and maybe if I spent more time on my job, that would take care of all of that. We spend all of our time and our energy trying to get happy. A lot of times we spend all of our emotions. Come on. You give yourself away to every relationship. You give yourself away to everything. And you spend everything that you have, and you have nothing left. Twelve years of bleeding. Here's what happens when we do that. Our experiences can become who we are. A lot of times when you start putting it all together, her identity was wrapped in pain. Her identity was wrapped in the physical. Her identity was wrapped in the emotional. Her identity was wrapped in the financial. And if you're not careful, you can become comfortable in your pain. If you're not comfortable, if you're not careful, you can be comfortable in your pain. Here's what happens. It becomes your crutch. 
and it becomes your excuse, come on. I've used some, I've, I was raised that way, or I've always been that way. Well, a lot of times, with, with the help of my lovely wife, she was like, well, you got to change that. There are things that you have to change, and it can't be a crutch, and it can't be an excuse, and it also can't be the focal point of your whole life. Listen to me. What would you have to talk about if you didn't have to talk about your pain and your misery and all of the things? Come on, you pull people into the pity party, and I've talked about it before, and, and all of a sudden, if you didn't have nothing to talk about, you would have nothing to talk about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Be honest. Come on. Sometimes we still keep talking about the same old stuff that, we, that we've been going through for the last 20 years, and God says, I want to deliver you out of that. But so many times, it's such a part of our mind that we can't. We've made it our focal point. What are we going to do? What are we going to talk about if we get healed? We come in, and we say, how come everyone else is happy and joyful? How come everyone else is happy and joyful? And I'm so sad. How come every, everybody's hearing from heaven? And, and when, I get a, when I pray, it feels like it's bouncing off the ceilings. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? He says, how come when I come into worship, I see people, oh, Jesus. Huh? And I'm standing over, I feel like I got my hands handcuffed behind my back. Wow. Others are getting healed. Others are getting blessed. Others are getting used by God. Others are prospering. So what happens is we do this. We start to settle. And she could have settled. She could have said, it's always been this way. She could have said, I don't have anything else left to give. I've already given everything I have, my time and my money. She could have said, well, nobody really cares. Come on. That resonates in some of us right now. Nobody really cares about what I'm going through. But here's the problem. If you... If you think that way, you get stuck in the same place that you're always in. And when you think staying, after a while, you, you begin to believe that staying is easier than moving. Wow. Repeat what you said last week. The pain of change is the, I wish I'd have got it. I will have that by second service written down here, but that is so good. We think staying is easier than moving, but listen to this. When you settle, you silence. When you settle, you silence. What are you silence? What are you talking about? You settle the ability to change your own circumstance because you've listened to everyone else. You've tried everything else, but a lot of times you have to get up and you've got to make a profound move, and I'm getting ready to talk about the move that she made. You just got to do something, whether it's small or whether it's large. So many times we think our change has to be jumping off the stage. I ain't doing it because I probably can't get back up. But we think that it's got to be so big of a leap. But a lot of times God is just looking for us to take that little step to put us to the place where he wants us to be. He ain't looking for us to take these giant leaps that we think. Your mind thinks, man, I got to lose 30 pounds. When God says, won't you lose three? I'm being honest. We start thinking, man, I can change this. and I can. You won't change anything overnight. But the bad thing about it is so many times we sit in the same place and we expect it to change, and it never does. Preaching to myself sometimes on that one. Woo, I'm out of breath. Here we go. You're preaching, boy. Mark 5. Thank you, girl. <laughs> Didn't bring my towel up here. No towels. I'm good. The last time I said something about a towel, they, they were throwing dish rags at me, so I'm, we're good. Mark 5, 27, in the King James says this. And then when she heard of Jesus, she came into the press or the crowd behind. 
And she touched his garment. Let me just talk about the crowd just for a moment. Y'all want to hear about the crowd? The crowd can do a few things. The crowd can stop or they can slow your progress. I was going so good until I got in the crowd. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I was traveling. Things were going well and, and things were good. But all of a sudden, I got myself surrounded by the wrong people. I got myself surrounded by maybe not the wrong people, but a lot of people that were going in the wrong direction. You're going good until the crowd. Number two, the crowd can make you feel unimportant. You ever been lost in a crowd? I remember being a kid. Anybody get lost when they're a kid in a grocery store? You literally thought Jesus came back? Your parents were gone. Oh, come on. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Or you're just thinking, they'll never find me in here. You know, there's, there's 47 aisles here. They'll never find me anywhere. But I got lost when I was a kid. But sometimes you get lost in the crowd and, and you feel like you're not making any difference at all. And you feel like nobody needs you or you're not even necessary. Or, or you're just passing time and taking up space. The feeling of being lost and just being another face in the crowd can be lonely and it can make you feel very helpless. Another thing the crowd says, it says, just go with it. Don't just stand still. Go with it. Uh, uh, make sure you don't stand out. Everything's got to be normal. You know, we can't be rocking the boat. I got something. I got news for you. God has called us to a new normal. We've heard that before. I don't think everything's going to go back to the way that it was before. And I think that's on purpose. Because God got us so... We got so complacent and so tired and so being in the same and doing the same old thing. God says, I'm going to pull you out of that. Everyone is doing it and it's normal. That's not what God wants in our lives. The crowd is this way too. The crowd's usually going in the wrong direction. Come on. Let's look at Matthew 7, 7 13. It says, enter by the narrow gate. The one you got to kind of squeeze through. You know what I mean? The one that you have to make sure that you can get your body into. He said, enter by the narrow gate. And, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So narrow is the one that's hard to find. The broad way is easy because you know why? Everybody's going down that road. Right. It's easier to say, you can make more impact by saying, no, I'm not going to go that way. But it's easier to say yes to everyone else because everybody else is doing it. She said this. She could have let the crowd hinder her. She could have went home unchanged. But look, look at verse 28. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only. Desperation was, no, 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 no. Touch. If I can just touch his clothes. But many of us come in, we don't want to worry about touching the clothes. We want him to touch us. I want the pastor to lay hands on me, and, and I want him to anoint me. And I'm not even making fun, y'all. I'm just telling you. The mentality coming in sometimes is we want someone to touch you. God just wants you to touch him. We want to come in sometimes, and, and we want to touch. I want you to lay hands on me. I want you to change my circumstances. But she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. If only says this. It says she was sick and tired. Uh, she was out of options, and she had tried everything that she knew to do. Desperation reaches out. It's not passive. It's not, it's not passive. It's active. She does something crazy. Listen to what she does. She abandons every one of the rules because the rule said this, you're unclean, 
you ain't supposed to be touching nobody. Girl, you ain't even supposed to be in this crowd because if anybody touches you, not only are they, un- you're not only you're unclean, but they're unclean. A lot of times what we do is we, we don't understand that there was customs back there that said she was an outcast, she was exiled. And you know what? All the things that she was, she had to push through all of the customs and all of the rules and all of the pain and all of the hurt. You know why? Because she knew that one touch from the right man would change everything. Verse 29, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, immediately, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around and said, who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging around you and you say, who touched me? And, she, and he looked around and he saw her who had done this thing. When you push through the crowd, you will get Jesus' attention. Her touched, touched Jesus. Her touch stopped Jesus. In his tracks, he knew as soon as a touch, as soon as something had happened, he went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wow, something just came out. Something just went out of my body. Nobody else, and I'm going to talk about it here in a minute, nobody else in the crowd knew what had happened but him and her. What he wants to do sometimes, he already knew who had touched her, but he wanted to her to pull out her faith because faith calls us to follow even when we don't see, even when we don't understand, even when it doesn't make any sense at all. You got to push through the crowd. You got to push through the obstacles. You got to push through the pain. You know why? Because God knows where you're at. Even when you don't know where you're at sometimes. Can I get a witness on that one? He knows where you're at. Where he knows what you're going through. And he knows how to heal you. He just wants you to touch him. Verse 33. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and, he fell, and, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Why was she scared? Because she's not even supposed to be there again. She's not even supposed to be in this crowd. She was unclean. And some people knew that she was unclean. I'm sure as she was going through the crowd, if they would have noticed her. Sometimes you just got to go through the crowd unnoticed to get what God wants you to be. That one's free. Sometimes people, if they had noticed her, they probably would have pushed her off to the side and said, "Uh, no, you can't do that. Or no, you're not supposed to be here. But she got to the place where she didn't care at all who was seeing her because she knew she had a mission to touch Jesus. Here's the thing. She was scared because how was she going? How's she going to prove she's healed? Think about it. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. She was bleeding. I'm going to put it out there easy. She basically was on her period for 12 years. How in the world was she going to? Some of y'all women are like, oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> Never mind. I ain't say, some of you men are like, oh my gosh, no. There's no. Okay, that I should not have done that. But here we go. But she's like, how can I prove that I'm healed? Because listen, it wasn't something you can see on the outside. You couldn't just see it on the outside, but listen to this. God sometimes starts cleaning you up on the inside. But it may take a little bit to start showing up on the outside. He's doing some stuff in you right now that maybe not every single body in the world can see. 
But actually, it's happening to you, and you know what's happening to you. She stopped herself. She knew that she was healed in the, in the moment. Jesus knew there was healing went out of his body, but it took a little while. She still had to go back to the priest. She still had to go do the things that she needed to do because it did not show up on the outside overnight. But I love this part right here, verse 34. And he said to her, earlier it said a certain woman came to Jesus. It said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of this affliction. One touch from Jesus changed her identity. She went from a certain woman that nobody knew about. She went from another woman that had never been documented to daughter. I love that part right there. It says, daughter, why he called her daughter and not a certain woman? Because she had been separated. She'd been lonely. She'd been abandoned. She'd been depressed. She'd been all those things. And he wanted to make sure that she knew that she was part of the family. Wow. You know, the customs of this thing even banished people that were like that from their own family. It may have been years since she saw people in her own family. And Jesus said, daughter, you're coming in. You are now a child of the king. Let's focus on this question first. Who touched me? Listen to me in the next few minutes. You probably would be like the disciples. You probably would even be like Peter. Peter's my favorite because he's got a loud mouth. He reminds me of me and my wife. And <laughs> kidding, not really. Um, but Peter, the disciples probably said, what do you mean? Who touched you? Everyone in this crowd is touching you. And you got to say, who touched me? But touched here in this translation, I looked this up. It says it doesn't mean it commonly as the definition that you would think it is. We think of touch as feel or many in the crowd felt him. They could all say we were there. We were part of the crowd uh, we can testify, we can witness to everything that we saw and what took place. Now listen to me. Many of us come to church and we feel something. Yeah. We sense his presence, we sense God's here. And we're aware of what he's doing because there's things going on around that we can't explain. And we're excited about what we see and what we feel because the feeling is not the same thing. I'm going to talk to you in just a second. Yet you walk out of this experience just as lonely just as broken, just as jealous, just as miserable, just as sick as you can. Why? Because you didn't touch him. That's better than you all are clapping. Because you didn't touch him. You felt him, but you didn't touch him. The word touch can be translated to fasten oneself to. Grabbing and getting a grip on. Grabbing hold with the intention of never letting go. That woman said, if I can just touch his garment, but she said, if I have to hold on and he's got to drag me down the street, I'm going. If, if I got to hold on and everybody's got to look at me and they're going to judge me, I don't care because I want my healing. Reach out. Grab Jesus. Get a grip of him and make Jesus say this. Ooh, who touched me? God wants you to touch him in such a profound way that he'll go, oh, wow, there was something that just went out of my body. I feel like something just changed in the atmosphere when somebody touches him. So when we come into church, when we worship him, touch him. When you pray to him, touch him. Let him know exactly 
who and what you are. Let's all stand if we would, please. Many of you all out here in the audience and on live stream, you might just feel like you're part of the crowd. Maybe you just feel like you're going through the motions and, and you're being slowed down or you're just fitting in somewhere. Maybe you're just going in the wrong direction. What separated the crowd from this woman is this. The crowd sees Jesus as just an option. She saw Jesus as her only option. When Jesus is just an option in your life, that's what he'll be. But when he becomes the option in your life, when he's over your job, over your family, over everything that you hold dear in your hand, you say, Jesus, you're over all of that. Then you're going to start seeing a touch. He just wants you to reach out and touch him this morning. And I'm going to ask you as we get ready to pray, and there'll be some people up on the left and right over here to pray with you. And I'm going to ask you, there used to be an old song and I ain't singing it. It's called Reach Out and Touch the Lord as he goes by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your cry. He's passing by this moment. He's passing by this moment. All your needs he will supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. Here's the, op here's the thing. You may never have that option. You may, you may never have that other option again to reach out and touch him. So I'm going to ask us if we would, if you want to come for prayer, if you just want to pray around the altar during this song, feel free. Because sometimes that walk, the process of getting to Jesus was part of her healing. Right. Oh, that's good. The process of getting to Jesus was part of her healing. Because if she stayed, yes, she touched him, but she actually had to make the step to go towards him. So I'm going to ask you this morning, if you want to step out from where you're at, if you want to come up and pray, if you want to intercede for someone in your own family that needs a touch, do that. But let's please, would, please pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I have issues. I feel broken, lost, and pain. Please forgive me of my sin. I don't want to be one of the crowd. I acknowledge you as my only option. Come into my heart, change me, and make me new. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.